0: You may have heard that college campuses across the country are becoming more hostile to biblical truth. When young people leave home for college, they will face tough challenges to their faith. But there's another side to the story. Bryson Vogeltran shares the gospel with college kids, and he sees a lot of hope.
1: What I'm finding is people are asking more questions and there's this openness to the gospel. People want to find life. Jesus said, I came to give you life and give it to you more abundantly. So that's the gospel that we're talking about. And when you start talking about that, what we found is college students are attracted to that, not repelled from that. Jesus never promised his followers an easy path. In fact, he told his disciples that the world would hate them he sent them out as sheep among wolves jesus's words came true in the life of the apostles and they're still coming true today in the lives of his followers around the world join host todd nettleton as we hear their inspiring stories and learn how we can help right now on the voice of the martyrs radio network
0: welcome again to the voice of the martyrs radio my name is todd nettleton and we are in our studio today in bartlesville oklahoma with Bryson Vogeltans Bryson is on staff with Passion Ministries. He's the local church pastor of a Passion City church in Atlanta. He's also on their leadership team. Bryson, welcome to the Voice of the Martyrs Radio. It's so
1: good to be here today.
0: Bryson, I know Passion does events literally all over the world. We probably have some VOM Radio listeners that have been to Passion events, but for our listeners who don't know about Passion— can you give us kind of the the 30,000-foot view of, of what Passion Ministries is?
1: Yeah, Passion Movement started in 1997 by Louis and Shelley Giglio, and it was really an opportunity to um, gather the collegiate generation, those 18- to 25-year-olds. And this has been happening now for over 20 years, gathering usually one time a year for a big conference. This coming January, will actually be in Dallas, two arenas in atlanta and in Washington, D.C., all on the, at the same time, all connected, all 18- and 25-year-olds from all over the United States.
0: Wow. So how many are you expecting for those events?
1: The tickets are selling really quick already, but there will be well over 30,000 students in those four different venues, all connected, live worship, live speaking. It's going to be incredible. It really is this idea of gathering a generation To talk about and to lean towards something more than themselves, to talk about the glory of God, the goodness of God. And it is really an incredible sight. And people's life, my life was changed at a Passion event when I was in college. And now I work at Passion, which is pretty incredible.
0: So you get to see that sort of echoing down into new lives and and new generations. Absolutely. I know one of the things you do is you take up an offering for different ministries or, or different focuses. And recently... Voice of the Martyrs was the beneficiary of one of those offerings. Tell me about that and tell me the specific project that that money went towards.
1: Yeah, the thing we know about this generation of young people, I think it's all of us, i we would all identify with this, but there's something when you are in an arena and there's tens of thousands of young people and you're elevating the name of Jesus, what happens is God starts stirring hearts and we're worshiping and we're singing songs. And many people even listening to this right now have heard of passion music and the, the songs that come out of passion. But for us, worship and justice are, are two sides of the same coin. And so, when we lift our voices and lift our praise, we also need to be going out with our hands. And a lot of times that means releasing our resources and and being generous to to hopefully to the people in our neighborhoods, but also the people to the ends of the earth. And so this year at Passion, we were able to partner with a few different global ministries. But on the last day, we we had heard about this work that Voice of the Martyrs was doing in North Korea through VOM Korea. And we were saying, they're sending these, these weather balloons with the gospel, um into the quite possibly the most closed off uh, country in the world to people who have no access to the gospel. And we're like, we want to be a part of that. And so we had already given to some other things. And we just said to the students that we're in three different places, three different kind of arenas all at the same time, we said, hey, right now we're going to give. Individually, you can make a difference. Individually, you can make a huge impact in the world. But together, we could do something extraordinary in just the next couple minutes. And so we just said, hey, just give. It's going to be super easy. You can just give a dollar or two. Everybody gave, $2, $2, this would be incredible. And if your neighbor can't give $2, give $2 for him. and and the, and the thing is, it's not about how much we're giving. We then prayed over each balloon that was going to get launched this year. But in just the matter of two minutes, these Poor college students gave fifty-five thousand dollars, which funded VOM Korea and their work for the entire year, multiple launches. And now we know this is true. It's like where our money is, then our heart is there also, right? Our heart follows our money, and our money follows our heart. Just it's interesting how God created us like this. So then there was all these tens of thousands of students that were praying over people in North Korea, hearing the gospel, and they just gave what to them might have just been a few dollars. But to someone in North Korea, it's life or death. It's eternal life, eternal death, and we're thinking, that's an amazing investment. So, we're trying not to just fund projects. We're also trying to lead college students and disciple college students to, to realize, and for all of us, it doesn't matter if we're a college student or not, for all of us to realize that we can make a difference through amazing organizations like Voice of the Martyrs. We can partner. There's already people on the ground doing the work. I don't need to fly to Korea, I don't need to go over there. I can pray and give, and God will do the rest. That's amazing. Who doesn't want to be a part of that?
0: When did this conference happen?
1: This was in January okay. of 2018.
0: So you've had literally thousands of students praying for North Korea since January. It's interesting to think about what all's happened on the Korean Peninsula since January. Amazing. As people have prayed. And I want to encourage people, if you're listening here today on Voice of the Martyrs Radio, if you go to vomradio.net, Uh, You can search for Dr. Eric Foley. He is the leader of our sister office in Korea. We talk with him about those balloon launches. It's really one of the most creative gospel projects that I've ever heard of. Uh, Like you say, Bryson, this is a closed country, completely closed. We are launching weather balloons with complete New Testament's and with GPS tracking so we can see exactly where they go, exactly where the Bibles come down. So very cool technology. I also want to encourage you to pray. Uh, I have actually talked to Pastor Foley last week. He said it's been the most challenging year ever for balloon launches for them. So pray about that. There's a lot that plays into that. There's political considerations. The biggest one is the wind. The wind has to be blowing the right direction to take the balloons where they need to go. And he said this year, and interestingly, again, back in January, thousands of students began praying. Obviously, there's some pushback against that in the spiritual realm. So pray about those balloon launches. And again, vomradio.net, you can listen to that interview with Dr. Eric Foley. We're talking today with Bryson Vogeltanz. He is part of Passion City Church and Passion Ministries Bryson, one of the other things that you've been involved with is having a passion event in Indonesia. When I think about holding a big Christian event, I don't think of having that in a you know the world's most populous Muslim nation, Indonesia. Yeah. How did that come about, and, and then what were some of the challenges of making that happen?
1: Yeah, so passion started in the United States, and we were gathering uh, students for years and years and years, and uh, Pastor Louis had a desire and a vision and honestly people all over the world through really hearing music from passion people like Chris Tomlin and Matt Redman and David Crowder have heard this music, been inspired by them, heard Louis' messages, Pastor Louis' messages, like indescribable, that have gone all over the world. And there was a lot of people who were saying, hey, will you come to our country? Will you come to our church? And so in 2008 and 2009, uh, we had the undertaking of taking passion conferences, what we know in the States, and, and doing it in 18 different cities around the world. Some of those cities were like Kampala, Uganda, which is Lots of Jesus followers there. Um, And then all over, I mean, from Mexico City to... Paris and London and Kiev, but I, my wife and I had the opportunity to help lead one of them in in Jakarta, Indonesia. And we, we, my wife and I got to go there three times. We really did this. This is just like we're here. We connect with local churches, local pastors, and we basically say, Hey, how can we serve you? How can we help your ministry thrive? The church is alive in Jakarta, Indonesia. Just for everyone who wants to wonder right now, the church is alive all over the world. There are believers, people coming to faith in places like. Indonesia, and specifically in Jakarta, a massive city. I know lots of people who are lifting up the name in Jakarta. And so we just started calling and emailing and, and texting and, and having people inter- introduce us to friends. And and one of the things that Passion does really well is we gather people. And so we rented the an arena. In fact, we rented an arena that was too small. It sold out too quickly. So a week before we had to move over to a new arena, which was complicated. And then that <laughs> but one that's filled a good, up.
0: That's a good problem to have. Absolutely <laughs> a good problem to have.
1: Here's the deal. Good news travels fast. And when people are elevating the name of Jesus, Jesus, people are interested in Jesus and Jesus believers in places like Jakarta, they don't know what it's like to worship with an arena full of people. Mm -hmm. If you can get a ballroom full of people or a room full of people, it feels like a lot of people in a place like Jakarta, even though the city has millions and millions of people. And so passion gathered the people lots of young people in Jakarta. It was powerful, powerful time, a a night I'll never forget. But think about, just for a moment, let's think about the 19-year-old Jesus follower in Indonesia, in Jakarta, who comes to this event and looks around that arena and sees 7,000 other young people that are worshiping the same Jesus, that have the same energy, the same passion. They've never been in a room maybe with 700 people, let alone 7,000 people. That will change your life. And it will change the way you read the scripture, it will change the way you interact with with God. And it is, it was just an absolute humbling opportunity for me to be in the room uh, 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 and and for us to be able to host that event. And and God's the one who opens doors, God's the one who fills arenas. We just get to open up the word and talk about Jesus and sing to Jesus and God does the rest.
0: Did you have any of the pastors or, or believers there when you were making those phone calls? Hey, we want to come, we want to do this big event. Did you have anyone say, yeah, I'm not sure that's a good idea?
1: <laughs> yeah, I think um, what, what we found was uh, people in places like Indonesia or Jakarta are actually more bold with their faith than we are.
0: There's and, a lesson there. <laughs> <laughs> and there's
1: this idea of, hey, we'll, we're doing it. We're going for it. We're going to pray more than we pray about it. We're going to give more than we're going to give. We're going to um, give more energy and sweat because they are not over consumed with Jesus events or with church gatherings. And so so for them, when some people from another country or I saw the world says, we're coming over, they're like, let's go for it. And their faith is what encourages our faith. And together, together, it's beautiful because that's the way that church, capital C church should operate, right? It is beautiful. It's diverse. People are speaking in different languages. People are praying in different languages. And and, and the world tour for, for, for us, for our team, for Passion in 2008 and 2009, seeing the church in 18 different cities around the world, 16 different countries, it absolutely blows your mind. The magnitude of the church, the power of 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 Jesus in the church. I mean, it is just absolutely mind-blowing. So anyone who gets to travel, most of us don't get to travel. Most of us are in our cities or our states, and we don't get to see it. But as someone who has been to 50-plus countries and has seen church operate different ways, let me just tell you, if you're listening to this today, let me tell you that the church is alive, and, and God's people are proclaiming the gospel, and people are going from death to life all over the world. As we speak, right now it's happening from Jakarta to LA to Atlanta to to Mexico City. People, and the church is growing. And the church is not an organization. Let's be reminded. The church is not an organization. The church is a people. Church is people. And so it's growing, and it's amazing to see how it's growing. It's just so encouraging.
0: We're talking today on Voice of the Martyrs Radio with Bryson Vogeltanz. Bryson, you're now pastoring a church in Atlanta. How do you bring some of that experience from around the world and seeing those Christians, seeing how they live, seeing how they worship, seeing how they take risks more than most American Christians, how does that play into now pastoring a church here in the United States? How does it affect your work?
1: Man, I I would say it's a great question. I, I would say for me, one of the things that's changing about Atlanta, I know people maybe have a perception of what Atlanta is. Maybe the last time they saw Atlanta was in 1996 for the Olympics. It's changed a lot since then. But Atlanta is a global city now. And so at, at the church that we pastor in the city, uh, we have two locations in, in Atlanta. It's not the church of the Bible Belt. That's, it's hard to find someone in Atlanta who's from Atlanta. Most people in Atlanta <laughs> are not from Atlanta. They might be from another state. They might be from another country. But I think the thing that's encouraging for me is that is that people are still meeting Jesus on a very regular basis every single week in our church. And they're all different types of people, different colors of their skin, different languages, different backgrounds, different birthplaces. And so for me, I'm just encouraged being in a city and getting to see it, that I get a little bit of a glimpse of the world while I pastor a local church in Atlanta. That's encouraging to me. And then to see that that I get to uh, raise my family, my kids in that kind of environment. I do know like when I travel and when I come back, I'm usually... Um, excited to leave and excited to come home because God's called me to lead these people and to shepherd these people in these days. And so I, I think for any of us, it, the, this, if you tell a Jesus story, we tell Jesus stories at our church. Uh, so we're always telling about what Jesus does. Everyone has a great story. But when you tell a Jesus story, it, it lifts up someone's faith. And a Jesus story is basically just that. It's what's Jesus doing in people's lives here and across the world. And when you start telling those stories and you start filling rooms and microphones and conversations about what Jesus is doing, People are attracted to it. People are attracted to the power and the presence of God and what he's doing and how things like, you're like, only Jesus could do that. We're like, amen, let's tell more of those stories. And it, and what it does is it builds up your faith because some of us today, we just had a bad week. We had a bad day and we're like, man, I don't know if, I don't know if this is all true. You hear one Jesus story from a friend, from a neighbor, all of a sudden your faith is bolstered. It's it's buoyed up and you're like, I, that's right. I do believe in this. And, and that's how the church is supposed to operate. And so I know that's a long answer to your question, but for me to say I'm encouraged about what's happening both in Atlanta and around the world would be understatement of all understatements today because I just could not be more excited.
0: And I think about, you know, when you talk about telling Jesus stories, the thing that comes to my mind is, well, I don't have to have a degree in theology to do that. Absolutely. Every one of us who is a follower of Christ has a Jesus story. That's right. Uh, and we should be having new Jesus stories all the time because we're walking with him more and more. We've talked in the past at Voice of the Martyrs Radio about, you know, ministering to Hindus, ministering to Muslims. How do we do this? That's a great That's a great summary. Tell a Jesus story. Yep. Just, just lift Jesus up and let them see him and uh, then let him guide, let him direct that that conversation.
1: Absolutely. I, what we find is that people can't argue with or deny your personal experience with Jesus. If you tell what Jesus has done in your life, people can argue with facts and figures and and all sorts of information. But when it comes to you telling a personal interaction that you've had with Jesus and how Jesus changed your life and a story of grace that you have to tell in your own life, they'll be like, wow, that's interesting. But they they won't push back against it. Right. They, how they're can attracted they? to it. Yeah. No,
0: that didn't really happen. Yeah. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> Absolutely. How can you tell me what happened or didn't happen? Absolutely. Let's talk about young people, Bryson, because you're ministering to 18 to 25-year-olds all over the world. What do our persecuted brothers and sisters have to offer 18 to 25-year-olds that that maybe they can pick up and learn from and be inspired by?
1: Yeah, I would say even broader than just persecuted Christians, I would just say anyone who's been following Jesus for decades has a lot— for the young believers and the younger generation here's what i found is i found that that 18 and 25 year olds are just let's just call them you can call them millennials or generation z or whatever name you want to put with them they're looking for people who have run the race and still believe and are still hanging on and so one of the things about our pastor louie he's 60 years old he's been following jesus he has a lot of passion but he's been doing it for several decades and people say well hey uh, Pastor Louis has white hair he's older our young people still listen to him absolutely in fact they listen to him more now potentially than they've ever listened to him before because they see him as a father figure and they see him as someone that says man this guy is real authenticity wins out realness wins out longevity and faithfulness wins out and we look to our left and our right and there's a lot of people who've given up there's a lot of people who have have strayed away and so what I would encourage people is to keep running the race because people are watching you whether you know it or not you have grandchildren you have children you have neighbors that are watching you live out your faith and don't give up I would say for the persecuted believers around the world we actually need to do a better job like this radio station is doing is sharing their stories. Because a lot of young people are caught up in their world. They would love to hear the stories. Those stories are just not crossing their radar, whether it, whether their faces in their phone or a computer or a device or, or in their social circles. The reality is, is most young people I know don't know the stories of persecuted believers. They just don't. But if they will, if they hear them, they would be massively encouraged by the story. And then they would be uh, encouraged not only by like, wow, that's a really inspiring story, but I'm going to be more bold in my faith on my college campus, in my neighborhood, in my apartment complex, because if that guy can do that in that place under those circumstances and that family can endure that – Man, I can do this on my college campus. Are you kidding me? And so this is, again, how the church is supposed to work. We're supposed to encourage one another. We're supposed to sharpen one another. And so I would just say we all need to do a, uh, continue to do a good job of sharing the stories of the persecuted church. I've been here in, at headquarters here for today, is hearing stories, seeing the newsletter. I'm like, more young people need to see this. More young people need to hear these stories. So if you know the stories, share the stories and figure out how to do that in your sphere.
0: And we will help you do that at Voice of the Martyrs. So we have several tools that can help you do that. One that I'm obviously fond of is our podcast. (laughs) So encourage people, subscribe to the podcast, hear these stories. Look online at vomradio.net and just look for Dan Bauman talking about being arrested in Iran. Look for Sister Amber talking about being arrested in Tibet. Like you say, when you listen to those stories, you will be encouraged. You mentioned college campuses. And I think there's a perception in some Christian circles that, oh, people are being persecuted heavily on college campuses. Do you hear stories like that from college students that you work with of, wow, you know, my faith is really coming under attack on my college campus.
1: I'm sure it happens in college religion classes and it happens in debates and it happens in an academic settings for sure. That is real. That is happening in America and all over the world. I just don't think that's the lead story. I think the lead story is um, hope and grace and mercy and truth and the the reality of grace and truth uh, like the scripture says, being used and being felt in people's life, not just truth and not just grace, but grace and truth together absolutely pierces our hearts and pierces lives. And so what I'm finding is people are asking more questions and there's this openness to the gospel because what what's true is this, is the gospel didn't come to make bad people good people. That's not the gospel that we're talking about. When you open up scriptures, it's not bad to good. The gospel is that we were spiritually dead. We are spiritually dead until Jesus came to give us life. And so we're talking about death and life, going from being spiritually dead to spiritually alive. And that story, people resonate with that because people have this feeling of, I don't feel alive. I'm trying to all these things in the world, especially on college campuses. I'm trying all these things to try to find life. And every one of them is taking me down a dead end. I feel more I feel more dead <laughs> after I walk down that road than alive. And so when you start not talking about good and bad, but start talking about death and life, people want to find life. Jesus said, I came to give you life and give it to you more abundantly. So that's the gospel that we're talking about. And when you start talking about that, what we found is college students are attracted to that,
0: not repelled from that. Amen. We've been talking today with Bryson Vogeltanz. He is part of Passion City Church and Passion Ministries. Bryson, if some of our listeners want to come to those big events next January, where do they find more information? Yeah, if you just
1: passionconferences.com, you just Google Passion, Passion 2019 is what it will be called. It's really simple. You'll You'll find all the information online. What I want to encourage you to do is... Um, I'm imagining not everyone in this is 18 and 25 year old. If, you, if you're if you not 18 and 25, you can serve as a door holder. That's what we call our volunteers um, at Passion. And you can sign up and do that. We have thousands of people who serve. So that's always an opportunity. But think about someone you do know who's 18 and 25, who probably doesn't have Passion conferences on their radar, who's not like, man, I wouldn't go that. Or they can't afford to do it. And you can pay their way to come to it. It happens all the time. And so Passion 2019 is going to be incredible. January, believe it or not, is right around around the corner, which is crazy. Venues are already filling up. Seats are being t- are being sold. Tickets are being sold. So you can find all that online at Passion 2019.
0: Awesome. Bryson, thanks for your passion. That <laughs> comes very much through the microphone. And thanks for your work on behalf of the gospel around the world.
1: Absolutely. It's, a, it's such an honor to be here at Voice of the monitors Radio.
0: You've been listening to The Voice of the Martyrs Radio. If you've joined partway through our conversation, you can hear the entire program at vomradio.net. That's also where you'll find past episodes of VOM Radio, talking with people who have a passion for Jesus and who are spreading the gospel in some very tough places around the world. Again, that web address, vomradio.net. You know, you can hardly scan the news headlines without hearing something about China. Next week, we're going to hear about some things God is doing behind the scenes, even as China's government makes a concerted effort to control Christian ministry. These may not be the kinds of reports that make headlines, but you'll be encouraged to hear about what God is doing through his people in China. Please be back to join us next week right here on the Voice of the Martyrs Radio Network.